Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we've got some things to talk about. So I I was a little late in posting this, and I, what I've decided to do, um, just so you guys are up front too, is I'll be making my, uh, my cinema cast is going to be, unless something big happens, like a big movie comes out and I need to do a review for it, uh, it'll just be a weekly show that I'll try and post either Friday or some point during the weekend, depending on when when I can go see movies or uh, what movie news is going on. And so actually, we've got a couple interesting things to talk about. So let me lay out everything on the line. So on this episode, we are going to be talking about the Joker's box office and more so a comment that I already saw in regards to its uh, great box office return. A note that I saw about Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. And then I am actually going to do a live viewing of two brand new trailers that I have not seen uh, for Dr. Doolittle and Jungle Cruise. Uh, I had been waiting to watch them and, and hadn't gotten around to it. And I was like, oh, why don't I just do it live while I'm, I'm doing the podcast? That way you guys can see you know, my initial reactions. And then... Uh, this week, I actually did go to the movies. I went and saw Mr. America, uh, which is a movie with uh, Tim Heidecker that is a part of the On Cinema at the Cinema universe, and I'll dive more into that when we get to it. I really liked the movie. And then also at home, I saw the original Halloween, and it felt like I saw it for the first time because my rating uh, increased dramatically. So let's dive right into this. So the Joker, guys. Joker movie, guys. It's doing so good. It's uh, it's crazy. It uh, made a ton of movie, a uh, ton of movies. It made a ton of money, and uh, surprisingly, and I I wouldn't have guessed this either, but it got number one again at the box office. That's not what's surprising though. What's surprising is its uh, decrease in the amount of money that it made was uh, just incredible. I think it only dropped by like 30%. And I thought I took a screenshot of the tweet, but it was just, it it was a tweet that someone said, uh, and they said, oh, you know, the Joker movie, uh, oh, it only dropped a very small amount. It's still making a lot of money, which is surprising. And it said, if only all superhero movies could get this sort of... uh, this sort of box office or like this is this is what superhero movies wished they were and i just want to point out at this point that i am absolutely done i have completely checked out of uh and honestly at this point i i don't know i don't know if it's the entire cinema culture or what but there's just this very very and in my eyes some of you may not agree with this but i think there's this very toxic culture that exists on the internet and it is a conglomerate of people's thoughts and initial reactions literally need less than knee-jerk reactions to things that not only they need to get the last word in, but they have to, uh, it's like, oh, they're the only ones that are right. So the perfect example, and I think we're, obviously things have been going off the rails for a very long time, and that's something that you could probably have a whole podcast on. But specifically for the Joker, it just, the the trajectory of this movie and the cinematic significance of this movie, I really, really hope and pray does not get forgotten. I really hope that this movie and what it has done to society will not be forgotten because it has just 
I don't know. I mean, it, it only time will tell. It's only been out for two weeks, but I just think this movie has dramatically uh, ruined cinema for a lot of people, and certainly not for me. Obviously, I love movies, but l- let me just kind of dive into this and explain it. So, you got a movie uh, maybe a year or two ago, like, oh, the Joker's coming out. We're getting a, a standalone Joker movie. And uh, I think maybe even at that point, it was like, okay, Joaquin Phoenix is going to be the Joker. And it's like, awesome. Hell yeah. For me, that's that's what I thought. I had been dying. I wanted to see Joaquin Phoenix as Doctor Strange. And I was kind of bummed when that didn't work out. But I was like, you know what? One day he's going to play a superhero and he's going to kick ass doing it because he hates superhero movies. And I don't know if that's coming straight from his mouth. I just know that he's kind of avoided doing them because he is a very... Uh, I don't want to say highbrow because I I think superhero movies are highbrow too, but he just he's I don't think he he treats that it's the same thing with Martin Scorsese right he just he's got a different opinion on those movies and so to see that he wanted to play the Joker I thought you know what he's gonna put in a transcendent performance on this movie he's gonna turn things around he's gonna fix what Jared Leto broke and uh, to Jared Leto's credit he has created a lot of comedy content with my family in regards to the Joker so thank you Jared Leto for that and I uh, really hope you don't unsubscribe because of what I said uh, Jared I apologize but look I loved you in 30 seconds to Mars and so that there, there was a lot of excitement for me surrounding that movie and then when I found out that the movie was going to be sort of a character piece of one man's descent into madness because of society and what happened, I thought, you know what, this is a perfect movie for people to see what can happen because we live in a time period right now where that sort of stuff happens often, right? You see school shootings and and just shootings in general all over the place in America. It is just, it's, it's run rampant and it's insane because no one really is taking any action in regards to it. It's funny because, and, and again, you know, I'll say, I say this anytime I jump into something like this, I'm certainly, I'm not trying to get political. I'm doing this to make a point, but you have things like uh, when this whole vaping thing that's going on right now, uh, places like Walmart are pulling all vapes from the shelf because there was a reported vape death. And I'm thinking to myself, which is funny because uh, I went and just saw Mr. America, but I'm thinking, well, what if it was just some tainted vape juice and uh, that like from the Electric Sun uh, music festival in uh, that Tim Heidecker was taken to court for and got off uh, scot-free uh, thanks to a juror. But... Uh, uh, and then you have on the other side of it hundreds and hundreds, I'm sure thousands at this point, of gun-related deaths of people shooting other people for no reason other than to either you know take their stuff, rob them, or just because they generally hate humanity or hate other people. They don't like being different. Whatever the case is, doesn't matter. No one seems to be doing anything about it. And so to have a movie like this, ah, my first thoughts before anything came out on the internet was, I think this is a really this is like holding up a mirror to society and I really hoped that society would take that and go oh wow you know this is we certainly don't want people becoming the joker we don't want people to get inspired by uh, not by a movie like this, but by a society like this that doesn't care about its people and doesn't, uh, you know, leaves people in the lurch, kind of like, there, there's a lot of similarities in this movie to what's going on currently. Certainly, in the movie, it's a lot more dramatic, but for some in America, it probably is, is right on par. And so, immediately, though, and, and that's where I left it, and that was probably... 
I don't know, six months ago or something like that. And I just thought, you know what? I'm really excited for this Joker movie. I'm really pumped up for this Joker movie. And then the early previews came in and I immediately did not want to see Joker anymore. And I actually, like I said, I, I didn't go see it opening night. And that was because of the media and specifically social media. Literally every Tom, Dick, and Harry posted something saying, oh, this movie, not only is this movie amazing, but it's going to inspire the next shooter. Or not only is is Joaquin Phoenix giving the performance of a lifetime, but we should have armed guards at all of the movie theaters because this movie is going to incite a riot. And it's like, this it was just insane, and you guys are all aware of this because I know everybody is on social media. Uh, you saw this, and and what was even crazier then was the movie came out. We went and saw it. Nothing happened, and all of these media outlets were pissed about it. They were livid. They're thinking to themselves, "What? Not a single bad thing happened." Well, what was the point of us running all of these pieces on all this bad stuff happening when nothing's going to happen? It's almost like they don't listen to us. Well, maybe we'll make them listen. And so they started making all these weird, weird posts about like, oh, despite despite the security concerns, despite the evil, despite the horror in this movie, in this movie alone, not any of the other movies this year or any of the other movies that you've seen recently like John Wick or Mandy or, and I'm just pointing Mandy out because I just, I just got that movie on Blu-ray, um, there's just been so many other violent and bloody movies that have uh, been out that no one has said a word about. I mean, if you want to really get into it, why don't you take a look at Vox Lux? That movie, I think personally, does a better job at putting a mirror up to society. Uh, and I would say maybe than Joker because it's a little more... Uh, it's, it's a quieter one. And if you guys haven't seen Vox Lux, I would really recommend it. That's with Natalie Portman. And uh, I don't know who it's directed by. I'll look it up as I'm talking. But that movie starts out with a much scarier uh, look at what happens when a shooting takes place. And the entire rest of the movie sort of deals with that aftermath and the idea of somebody not necessarily profiting from the aftermath, but their career getting started because of that and then what that type of career um, gets to. So not, not to get too spoilery, but uh, it, it takes place in two different time periods, Natalie Portman it, as, as Natalie Portman and then as a younger girl. And when she was a kid, a kid came into her class and literally like shot up the class and shot up the school. And it, it's all shown, and it's so scary, and it's so visceral. And she gets injured, and afterwards they're holding a vigil for the people who died, and she sings this song, and it becomes a viral sensation, and from there, she launches a music career, and then the rest of the movie deals with her uh, kind of being, not necessarily sucked into the music career, but just the the pitfalls of being put in the spotlight your whole life that a lot of musicians deal with, so it, it but, but that's a good showing, but even more so than that, if you want to see a movie that truly deals with a shooting, see Polytechnique by Denis Villeneuve, who did Blade Runner 2049 was actually the first thing that he made, and it was based off of a a school shooting that was in Canada, and that one is even worse. Like it's even more visceral. So if you're if you're picking the Joker because uh, because you're I don't know anti comic book, anti Joker, anti film, whatever, you're just uh, clearly you're trying to incite something. 
There are other movies that you could be putting your energy towards, not the Joker. So um, with that said, uh, the movie came out, media was upset, and now that sort of died down. And we're moving into this new wave, which is, oh, the Joker's actually doing really well. Oh, it's doing even better than people expected. Well, don't we wish all comic book movies were like that? Um, excuse me, almost all comic book movies are already like that, guys. I mean, they're saying that, and they're saying this as if Avengers Endgame didn't just come out this year and make almost $3 billion, and Joker at this point, I don't think it's even touching $200 million, but, um, and I'm going to double check on that for you right now, but it uh, it's getting to, it got $55 million this weekend, domestic cum of $192 million in uh 10 days in release. Wow, congratulations. Avengers Endgame made like $357 million in its first weekend. So do not compare The Joker to Avengers Endgame or other comic book movies. Please just look at this movie as it is, as a movie, and say, okay, the, the community, the society, they want to see movies like this. They want to see a mirror held up to how bad society is right now. And clearly there's an appetite for it, not just here, but all overseas, which uh, it gained another $123 million overseas as well. So it's overseas, Cume, it is $351 million. It's made almost $545 million already. That is insane. That is awesome. But that look at it as the movie. Stop trying. It's just, it bothers me when people try to compare things to other things. And I, and I get it. We're all guilty of that. But especially in this Joker piece, it just seems like I'm, I'm curious to see what next weekend's going to entail. I wonder what uh, the critics will start comparing the Joker to on its third weekend when it still is probably doing pretty good. Though, honestly, actually, next weekend it probably will drop significantly because we've got four movies, four amazing movies, it looks like, coming out next weekend, you guys. We got uh, Zombieland Double Tap, Maleficent Mistress of Evil, we have uh, The Lighthouse, and Jojo Rabbit. And I think The Lighthouse and Jojo Rabbit are in a limited release. Uh, so they may not be coming to a theater near you, but those other two movies are. So I, I'm not going to be surprised if Joker falls a little bit, but I just, I don't know. I All I got to say is congratulations to the Joker. Honestly, the Joker has been performing well despite everybody in society trying to make it not perform well, specifically the media. And that's all I'm going to say on that one. The The other one I wanted to touch on was this comment that I saw about uh, Star Wars, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. And it was somebody, they had some tweet that said, uh, I, I know next to nothing about this Star Wars movie, and I'm concerned. I... Uh, I have no idea how they're going to finish this movie up with the way that this trilogy is. And then whoever had it, so I think someone retweeted it as well, and they're like, oh, this is so true. Like, looking at the uh, the original trilogy and then this, the prequel trilogy and even these two movies, it was like, we don't really know what's coming in the Star Wars uh, movie. And guys, I'm, I'm getting really excited for the Star Wars movie because I love Star Wars. I'm not, I'm not, well, I, I love the Star Wars movies and I love the Star Wars mythos and the video games and the comics. I think I've read one Star Wars book, which was the novelization of, uh, well, two, two technically, Phantom Menace and uh, Attack of the Clones. But, so I'm not, you know, I'm not a huge... Um, I'm not a huge Vader head uh, by any means, 
but and I guess you could say I'm more of a mall head myself. But I, I just I love these films, so I'm actually going to be rewatching them uh, towards the end of this year before the movie comes out. So you guys are going to get my my reviews after having not seen them for at least a few years. And spoiler alert, they are all really high rated for me. So I'll be excited to kind of go in them with a little more critical eye to see if there's things that I'm missing. Because like I said, the prequel trilogy is my favorite of them all. And I think my favorite Star Wars movie as it stands is Phantom Menace. And uh, I'll I'll be interested to see if that changes though. Now that I'm going to watch them all in, uh, I think I'm going to watch them in chronological order. I haven't decided yet, but the, the comment was saying, you know, because of that, looking at Force Awakens, looking at The Last Jedi, where is this movie going to go? And it's a, it's a great question. It's a fantastic question. We don't really know. We've got two trailers that don't show a lot besides some nostalgia reruns. And honestly, guys, I'm okay with that. And I really hope that you are too because we because of social media and maybe that's going to be the uh that's actually probably going to be the topic of this entire thing here is you know social media film twitter uh whatever you want to call it there's just this expectation now that we need to be force fed every pun and pun not no pun intended force fed everything immediately like you, you'll see that in in literally anything the spider-man stuff this year the marvel stuff this year the joker stuff the the, the anytime any like it seems like the 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 media outlets like uh i don't even want to know their i don't know their names but th- these places that report on little secrets and tidbits and breadcrumbs that are coming out of the studios of oh my gosh kevin feige was meeting with uh the best boy and the second photographer yesterday on an undisclosed film location and handed them a del taco burrito what does this mean for the future of captain marvel 3 uh it's like guys it just seems like we're and and it's it's funny because people don't realize it to me personally twitter is essentially all of our brains connected to a server and we're putting our thoughts from our heads into this server to be preserved forever which is funny because you know 60 years from now people are going to look back at twitter hopefully and be like what the hell were we thinking but that's that's what it is and and we can't help that we're humans we want to know everything we have this thought this constant thirst for knowledge and it 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 eats at us it eats at our brains we want to know like ooh what is you know what's kevin feige doing today what is uh you know how's the joker doing today sort of stuff what's going to happen in star wars why is the emperor laughing at the end of this trailer we have to know that's just we're we're inquisitive creatures that's how our brains work and uh, the media has used that against us because any little bit that they can find, any bit of speculation, any bit of this, that, and the other, they're going to force that down our throats until we just continuously click on their websites and give them money. And uh, I don't think it's any different in this. I, so I want to send out my personal congratulations to Disney, to Lucasfilm, for not revealing anything about this movie. Guys, this is great. How it would suck if, you know, by the time even like November rolls around and, you know, what if the, what if the plot leaked for the movie? What if, what if a a secret scene got leaked by somebody and suddenly this movie is ruined? Like, you don't want that. You want 
the the Avengers Endgame level of secrecy for every movie. Obviously, for some of those more indie, low-budget movies, you got to show something so people will get interested. For big-budget tent poles like this, Star Wars, literally any Disney movie, they should be showing nothing. They should be showing absolutely nothing besides one trailer. That's all you should get. You should go, here's your trailer. This is sort of what the movie is going to look like. This is how the CGI is. This is, you know, this is kind of what the story is. You know it. It's a remake or whatever the case is. And then boom, that's it. Nothing else. Shut the vault and wait until the movie comes out because then you, that anticipation builds, that wanting to know, that wanting to get that knowledge builds and builds and builds. And then when you get into the theater, your mind is blown because every idea you had, every bit of speculation you thought of, hopefully you've forgotten it and it, and it just gets smashed and thrown out the window like Avengers Endgame. How many how many theories were thrown out there during Avengers Endgame or, or during its, its coming? of, uh, you know, oh, what's this going to be? What? Oh, I wonder if, if Annihilation is going to be in this. Oh, is Captain Marvel going to be here? What if, what if there's six Thanos? What about, uh, what about Eternity? Is Eternity going to show up in here? And it was great. It's, it's so fun. It is so fun to do that. It is so fun to talk about that stuff. But then when it, when it comes down to it, when the movie is about to come down, you got to throw all that stuff out. You got to toss all of that into a box and put it far away because you don't want to have that influencing the way that you watch the movie. And I know for a fact that none of these movie makers want you to have that influencing you when you watch the movie. They want you to judge this movie on its own merits. Despite it being a big budget movie, they're still trying to make a movie. At the end of the day, Disney just is wanting to make money, clearly, but at the same time, they want to create brands that people love so that they can continue to make money. And the best way to do that is to tell a great story that everyone loves, that everyone can relate to. And honestly, I think a really big piece of that is by not sharing any information on it. Because then when you go into that movie theater for the first time, you're in a room with hundreds of other people who also know nothing. And you get to experience that for the first time with everybody there. I still vividly remember sitting in the movie theater when that ham in Avengers Endgame, when the hammer, when Mjolnir hits Thanos in the face, and I just remember thinking to myself, oh my god, oh my god, my god, oh, is that what I think it is? Oh, please, please, please. Wham! It goes right into Captain America's hand. I lost my marbles, started screaming, and guess what? The entire theater erupted into screams. That feeling will never leave me. And that is a feeling that is exclusively for people who don't know anything about the movie and who are in love with that movie regardless regardless of not of not knowing anything versus those movies like um I, I mean the quickest one in my head is probably like uh suicide squad there's a couple of other movies where they like revealed what the whole ending of the movie was in the trailer and you didn't really guess it but um it's just those movies to me are boring if you know what's going to happen in the movie why, why go see it part of it is you're you're experiencing something for the first time with a bunch of strangers it's a it's such a human thing that we've created to have these these theaters where people create art put it up on the wall and everyone gets to watch it for a couple of hours move moving art and so i that, that's all i kind of wanted to say on that one i don't know if any of you guys have seen that sort of thing people complaining that they don't know enough about rise of the skywalker guys i want to know nothing i want to know i want this to be zero i want absolutely nothing to know about this movie because i want to go into it screaming and cheering because it's the last movie in in the Skywalker trilogy because guys despite what 
the media and social media has said, these Star Wars movies are really good. They're really good movies. Sure, some of them have had hits and misses. Uh, a lot of people didn't like The Last Jedi, but that's probably because of... I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of of worms in that can to discuss but overall these movies are incredible i mean despite what people said about the last jedi oh you know luke wasn't a bad guy oh i didn't like that there were a lot of women in this movie uh, the movie was great and the cgi alone was incredible guys how about that scene where uh holdor i think was her name uh when she goes light speed into the ships and it's just that scene of like her saying like may the force be with us or with you and then the whole the whole theater just it goes silent and the ship goes and then shoots through oh i lost my mind i lost my i lost my mind in that scene and there were other ones like that too how about the the jedi fight at the end with kylo ren and ray uh all the red the fact that they killed snoke people are like oh my god i thought snoke was important it's like well cool the first thing i thought of was oh crap that's awesome like oh my god how what are they gonna do in this next movie they just killed the bad guy like uh, that's the sort of stuff that I like in my movies. I like the unexpected. I like t- turning things on its head. And, and that's because I've seen so many movies. I know the tropes. I know how this stuff goes. And so, uh, yeah, so final thought on that. I just, I really hope, I, I've heard there's going to be a trailer coming and, and okay, great. I really hope the trailer doesn't show anything. I just want to get my tickets and I want to, you know, get out there and get ready to have my mind blown. So with that said, that's wrapping up the little bits of news and from there, we're jumping right into this. I saw, guys, I saw a something or other that said that the Dr. Doolittle trailer looks really bad. And so I thought to myself, I said, okay, I'm going to watch this, and uh, and then I'll let you guys know your thoughts. So I, I had it on my computer, and I pressed play, and one of my least favorite things in the world when it comes to trailers, or even, I guess, in movies too, is these remake songs of old... Uh, remake songs of older songs that are slow songs that are adjusted to be sort of edgy emo songs and uh that's uh just for example the trailers for ghost in the shell the trailer for uh there's another i think maybe the trailer for alita battle angel was in it it's but it's in here too so i I, and that's why i was like okay you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna watch this live with you guys because i already was kind of groaning when i watched it i really want to like this movie so i haven't seen the trailer except for the first two seconds when it says i see skies of green like okay we get it we get it that's okay like what a wonderful world awesome i'm I just, I don't know why that irritates me. I think it's really lazy in my opinion because you're trying to elicit a response from people by making this, these songs are designed to give you goosebumps and they're designed to make you go, oh, like it's a familiar song in a different way and it makes you sort of go, ooh, maybe this movie's gonna be good. And it's like, no, no, don't judge it based on the song. So I'm putting my earpiece in. I'm just gonna play it on my phone and let you guys know as it's going. So yeah, we got a really annoying song playing. But we've got a parrot flying over a uh, thing from producers of Alice in Wonderland. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, I really wanted to see this movie because I loved the old Dr. Doolittle. Uh, I don't remember who was in it, but I watched it a lot. I loved the Dr. Doolittle books as a kid. And this is already looking like it has a whimsical quality to it. No way. He just he just put his hat on the same way he does in Sherlock Holmes. I'm just wondering if he's going to be Sherlock Holmes 
in this movie, just like Sherlock Doolittle. Is he trying a different voice? Okay, all the animals are CGI. That's interesting. Was that Tom Holland? That's a ship. We got a. It looks like a ship battle. Gorillas on the ship. Ahoy, matey. We got a Robert Downey Jr. in a. Okay, he does have a different voice. He's got a sort of Sherlock Holmes voice with a different accent. Ooh, Antonio Banderas. Looks like some big action scenes, big animal scenes. Robert Downey Jr. is Dr. Doolittle. What's he doing? Is he looking back on his house? He's going to shut the door? Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Wait, but there's more? What else is there? Oh, it's just showing all the people that are in. I'm going to speed past that. Yep, that's it. Okay, great. Thanks. Um, okay, so f first thoughts on this movie. I actually, um, I'll, I'll go see it. I'll go see it. I love Robert Downey Jr. I I really loved him. I loved him more in Sherlock Holmes, actually, than I did in Iron Man, and uh, which is funny because, uh, you know, obviously I love the Marvel movies, but he did great in that. I liked him in, he did, uh, what was it, this movie where he, his dad, Robert Duvall, was a judge. And actually, I liked him in A Scanner Darkly as well. That was great. So he, I think he's going to do a good job in this. I saw a tweet that said that this could be the Disney's next, uh, what is it, John Carter, like a giant movie, that uh, big budget, that bombs. And what's funny to me is I loved John Carter. So if that's, if that's the negativity that they're going to be putting on this trailer, cool. All right, I'm going to go see it. I'm going to check it out for myself. And uh, see, I could see where maybe it's not going to be the best, but uh, we'll see. I, I, there's not enough in that movie for me to, or in that trailer to to develop an opinion besides the fact that there are a lot of CGI animals. So if that's something that um, that you don't like, then uh, you might have a problem there. And I'm going to pull up now the Jungle Cruise trailer, which is with The Rock who uh, many of you may know is in Scorpion King, and then also the uh, Emily Blunt. And I have not seen this trailer either, so let's see if this is good. Jungle Cruise, supposed to be a ride. Emily Blunt seems like she's on a search. Oh, who's this? Oh, uh-oh. She like a, oh, she's a little, she's like an Indiana, she's Indiana Jones. Saw, I saw that too. A lot of people comparing her to Indiana Jones. Eh, I could see it. She's more like the Shia LaBeouf Indiana Jones at this point, kind of bumbling her way around. Oh, yeah, of course, The Rock would be on the cheapest Jungle Cruise. Look at him swinging around on ropes. Oh, he's wearing a classic conductor's outfit, fighting animal. Oh, okay, classic rock, guys. Ooh, I wonder if maybe maybe the Scorpion King will be in this movie. That would be kind of cool. In the Because this is kind of like The Mummy Returns as I'm looking at it. They're going through a jungle. This could be... Uh, maybe Imhotep will show up. I would love to see Brendan Fraser in this. What? The Backside of Water? Hmm. So it seems like Emily Blunt is using uh, The Rock to find a secret uh, 
item, a MacGuffin, if you will. Oh, classic. I've got a lot of money. But see, guys, even as silly as this trailer looks, and I don't think it looks silly. I, I can I understand it, but uh, I love these kinds of movies. I think The Rock shines in these sort of movies like uh, Jumanji. I really enjoy Jumanji. And uh, I think I'll probably really enjoy this movie too. Just that sort of high high seas adventure, jungle type adventure, Indiana Jones, Journey to the Center of the Earth, that sort of stuff. What? She can't swim? Oh, the price just went up. Classic line. Disney's Jungle Cruise. Are there any special twists at the end? What is this? Is he in armor? What? Okay, all right. Yeah, I count me in. Count me in, guys. I want to see Jungle Cruise. I'm looking forward to it. And that doesn't come out till next year, so I'm going to have to probably forget about that until then. Otherwise, I'm going to be wanting to think about it all the time. That looked really interesting. I did not have a lot of expectations for Jungle Cruise, the trailer, whatever, and uh, now I'm kind of interested. So Dwayne Johnson's in it, Emily Blunt, Jesse Plemons, cool, Jack Whitehall, and oh, nice, Paul Giamatti, Edgar Ramirez, and it's directed by, is it Jaume Colette Serra? who also did, ooh, oh, he was a producer on The Shallows. He directed The Orphan. That's pretty cool. That was a creepy movie. Uh, yeah, so there's there's some trailers. Uh, I'm not going to be doing that very often because typically I watch the trailers at other times. It just so happened that these two trailers, I think, either premiered today or this weekend, and I, I was not in receipt of them. I had no idea. So let's dive into the main event now. We've got two movies to talk about. The first one I'm going to talk about is Halloween. This is uh, the infamous 1978 Halloween uh, by John Carpenter, written and directed. Also, Deborah Hill uh, did the screenplay along with John. And uh, stars Donald Pleasance as uh, the uh, psychiatrist Loomis, famous Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, and then Tony Moran plays Michael, played Michael Myers, obviously with the mask. I don't think we ever really see his face, except in a couple bits. But here, here's my initial thoughts on this, which is interesting. And this is a short movie, guys. If you haven't seen this movie, I'd be shocked. I know a lot of you out there are uh, cinephiles like me, big horror fans, and uh, love the movie. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, all of you have seen this. But uh, it's only an hour and 30 minutes. It's a quick one. It's a real quick one. So if you're bored, on a, especially during October, doing this Fall Fest, check this movie out. I just uh, I had rented it from Amazon. It was 3 bucks. But I actually, after watching it, I, I wanted to buy it because they have it on 4K. And I wanted to see how good it was in 4K. Because the HD that was on just the Amazon Prime, not 4K, even that was awesome. I was really impressed. So I had not seen this movie in, um, I, I would say, at least 10 years, probably more. And when I originally watched it when I was younger, I did not like it. I, I gave it, I, I looked on IMDb, I'd given it a 6. And that's just it's a lot of the sixes that I give on IMDb for older movies is because, like I said, I'll remember them from when I was younger. Didn't really like them, but I understand that they're good movies. And so that's almost it's almost like a placeholder to, to acknowledge on IMDb that I've seen the movie, but a placeholder for me to adjust it once I rewatch it. And so I am so 
happy that I got to rewatch it. Uh, and I've bumped that up to a 9. That is a 9 out of 10. This movie is phenomenal. I loved it. I misremembered so much about this movie. I thought it was like a... Because I get this was this one's sort of the um, the slasher, the, the dawn of the slasher movie, sort of. I think this movie um, birthed like... Uh, uh, Friday the 13th, and some of those other ones. I'm going to go and see if there's a, a related section. Or wait, here we go. Um, Friday, Friday 13th came out in... Yeah, 1980 was Friday the 13th. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, that was 1974. That was a completely different sort of movie. But I think Friday the 13th kind of was birthed from Halloween. And that's because this movie is just... It's a masterclass in suspense. And even, and it was funny, it was it, same, it was me, my brother, and my cousin were watching this, and we were talking, and I had said, I just, looking at this movie, like, if this was 1978, and this was the first of its kind, right, like, it's the first sort of slasher movie, how terrified would you have been in theaters watching this? I would have been just out of my gourd freaking out, like, this movie would have scared me, and today, it's not that scary anymore, there's a couple of uh scenes that are still jumpy that that got me and surprised me but overall i just it's not as scary because you know the movies these days are way scarier but uh back in the day if i'd have seen that like imagine seeing that movie like in the drive-in or something holy cow thinking that you know jason is going to be wandering around escaped the mental institute and they don't even explain how he escapes just that he escaped because uh, the the one that I really liked, and I know not a lot of people are a fan of, I liked the Rob Zombie Halloween, and that one kind of dived more into Michael himself, and uh, I'll just I I liked it a lot, and I I've got to rewatch it. I haven't seen that movie in probably uh, right around the same amount of time, ten years. But I still vividly remember it because I liked it that much. But no, I just I was really impressed with this movie. This is a seminal Halloween movie. Something that uh, it's actually in theaters too. It looks like it's coming to theaters October twenty fourth. I don't know if that's through Fathom Events or what. Oh no, at least coming to the movie tavern in Aurora. But um, I'm sure it's probably getting released in a couple of other sort of things too during the holidays. This is one of those big classic halloween movies and it birthed so many things it it not only like friday the 13th but the remake call they're not remake but the quote-unquote sequel that was released last year i enjoyed that movie as well it wasn't as good as this one but it was still good because it had uh jamie lee curtis in it and then the rob zombie halloween uh, i think i've seen the other ones kind of off and on and i don't remember a lot of them because they weren't that good i do remember uh was it Halloween Return or A Curse of Michael Myers or maybe Halloween H2O? Yeah, it was Halloween H2O and Halloween Resurrection. Those were, they were not good. But, uh, you know, it just, it spawned that fun slasher flick type movie. And uh, to be the first of its kind like that or to, to birth so many movies is just such a cool thing, and especially for it to be John Carpenter doing it because there's actually a really cool scene in this movie that we noticed was on the TV, and you'll notice it's in two scenes, uh, when they're at home, uh, Lori's babysitting, I think is what it was, and the kid's watching TV, and he's actually watching The Thing, which was John Carpenter's movie, but he didn't make that movie until it was like 19, uh, so like 19, it was after that, it was like 19, here it is, 1982, so four years later, he made the thing. Yet on the TV, the opening sequel, like the opening credit for the thing, was on there. So we were wondering, like, is that the first uh, 
in-universe sort of spoilers, uh, you know, the same a la Marvel Studios sort of thing. Like, that would be really cool if all of John Carter's, or John Carter, John Carpenter's movies were connected. Uh, but no, so like I said, I loved that movie, and it's just, it, it's a great time to be alive in October when you get to enjoy these sort of great movies, or these great Halloween movies. And then I saw Mr. America in theaters. That was, it was a special one-night showing, and the reason we went and saw it is because we are all just huge fans of Tim and Eric, and I love Tim Heidecker. Uh, so the movie was directed by Eric Natarnicola, but it was written by Tim Heidecker and Eric Natarnicola and Greg Turkington. And actually, Greg Turkington's in this as well. So a brief, I'm going to give you a brief summary of what the story's about and then uh, kind of tell you my thoughts and, and the, the entire story. So Tim Heidecker is a comedian. Him and his buddy, Eric Wareheim, made the Tim and Eric Awesome Show and some other things like Tom Goes to the Mayor and Check It Out. And, uh, I mean, and then they just went crazy online with like bedtime stories and, uh, the GoPro show there's just, I mean, it's countless, countless things, Tim and Eric billion dollar movie, the list goes on and on. And then eventually they kind of branched off and started doing some of their own stuff. And so one of the things Tim was doing was he, he started and it started as a podcast, but him and Greg Turkington were doing a sort of movie show, sort of like a Siskel and Ebert type thing of uh called on cinema at the cinema where they would uh discuss and review a couple of movies and give them one to five bags of popcorn as their ratings and in beautiful tim and eric fashion the show devolved almost instantly into just tim's character of tim heidecker getting into these schemes with stuff such as uh what was it called there's he was like into supplements at one point and then vaping and then all of these other weird really weird sort of stuff and it was so funny like at one point they start creating the show called Decker that's about a CIA agent and it just it I can't tell you how funny these sort of these shows are but it, he created this sort of online universe for his his Tim Heidecker character and Greg Turkington and so it it kind of went for years at that point so like every oscar season there'd be like an eight hour oscar episode where they would just do the most outlandish things talk about the movies and so then eventually what happened is tim got into um, some weird health choices one of those being this uh, vape concoction that uh, he sort of funded this thing called the electric sun music festival and it was a, it was a spoof on the fire festival sort of thing and so what happened was uh they they were selling these vapes at the place and uh, it was like 19 i think people died from tainted vape uh cartridges and so tim got taken to court for uh second degree man manslaughter and this is all fake this was all in in universe but it was all filmed so then that that replaced on cinema for a while and it was the court proceedings and it was it was in it was amazing it was literally like hour-long episodes of tim heidecker in court being prosecuted and they were just they were so funny like that's probably one of the funniest bits of this entire bit was him in court and so they're trying to prosecute the the da of san bernardino is trying to prosecute him for murder for all these people and he's saying like no it's you know it wasn't me all this it just trying to get other people to take the fall for him under oath like it was so funny and he was representing himself and uh so what happens at the very end is the jury goes and takes a vote and uh the it, it is declared a mistrial because one juror 
could not find beyond a reasonable doubt that he was guilty. All of the other jurors thought he was guilty except one. And so even that was hilarious because, and, and at, at this point in time, he's kind of turned his character into uh, a sort of uh, mirror of, of Donald Trump and, and the way that he became president and how just somebody who has zero knowledge of politics and zero knowledge of what's going on, someone who's very out of touch with, with who only really cares about himself, uh, kind of making a, a satire of that. And so he he wins the trial and makes a sort of speech at the end of it saying like, you know, we'll, uh, he says it's like, oh, the... You know, the juror, that one juror that I'm really grateful for that one juror because that's, you know, they, they saved me and, and I, I've now won my first case. I'm a successful lawyer. So who knows what the future holds if I may, I may just run for district attorney and uh, run Rossetti the rat out of, uh, out of town, the guy who was trying to prosecute him. And so he's, he, this movie is, is a documentary of that. So it's a documentary of him deciding to run as a third party for district attorney in San Bernardino County against Vincent Rossetti and one other guy to, because he feels that Rossetti wronged him. And that again, it's, it's, it's such a beautiful look at where politics is these days. And it is so funny. We were laughing so hard watching this movie and it's just a documentary. And it's just about Tim Heidecker. Like it did not need to be as funny as it was, but at the same time, it also didn't need to be as topical as it was. Like it was so topical in the best way. The lady who's his uh, campaign manager, she so she reveals in in the very beginning that she was the juror, the one juror who um saved Tim. And the reason she's supporting him now is because she says she does not agree with the way that the demographics have grown in San Bernardino County. And like the camera moves over to is like a black couple at, uh, at the diner that they're sitting at. And it's just like, so like, Oh my God, just cause you know, that's the sort of stuff they're talking about when they're, um, you know, in, in politics behind closed doors sort of thing. Like, you know, it at this point, because it's so much has come out. And so just so funny to see them so openly talk about it and be such like Tim was such a good he did such a good job at playing that asshole, like that guy who just is a jerk and doesn't care about anyone but himself. And uh, the movie is a really good look at just a very small uh, grassroots movement at running for district attorney. Like I can't even say it with a straight face because it's it's equal parts incredibly dumb and incredibly hilarious. Like again, if you love Tim and Eric, if you love that sort of brand of very cringy comedy. Uh, you're gonna love this movie. Like I loved it. I thought it was great. We all loved it. We've we've still been quoting it. He in uh, one point his uh, his campaign sign just says we have a rat problem and and very small print at the bottom it says uh, Tim Heidecker for district attorney because he's been doing like Trump that thing where he gives Vincent Rossetti a nickname calling him Rossetti the rat. And so he keeps his like campaign is we have a rat problem. And he's like, okay, all right, we got three steps. Uh, number one, uh, acknowledge the problem. We have a rat problem. Number two, set the trap. And then he never says what the third step is. But so like he's walking around, going to these restaurants and places. He's like, hey, can I put this sign up in your window? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, why would you put a sign up in a window that says we have a rat problem? And at one point, uh, he like walks out and they're like, they didn't want me to have my sign up. He's like, if you, he goes, if you don't have rats, 
then it shouldn't be like you, you shouldn't have anything to hide. Like I get you not wanting to have the sign up if you have a rap problem, but if you don't really have one, there's no reason. Like what's the, what's the big deal? It's like, dude, like it's just so funny. And, uh, so no, it just, it, I would really recommend it. And it's no longer in theaters, but he's already confirmed it's on Amazon prime. So you can actually rent it on Amazon prime for five 99 uh, and honestly, I would say it's worth it for that. But again, just as a heads up, it is a doc. It's in documentary format. It is not some big blockbuster movie, and it is a very off-brand of humor. So you have to go into it understanding that nothing in it is real. Like none, as real as it may look, all of the people that are in it are all actors, and uh, you can forget that at times because it it just. Oh man, like he has a town hall meeting where he was trying to oust Rosetti the rat and Rosetti obviously doesn't show up because it's like, you know, three people I think showed up, a couple of older people and then um one black lady. And so he's like he's like I uh he goes, "I'm tough on crime. I my goal is to have 100% crime free in this town." He goes, "We're throwing away the strike rules. It's one strike and you're in prison for the rest of your life." And the old people are kind of clapping. And he goes, and we're, he looks at them and sort of smiles, says something like, well, yeah, and we're, we're sort of, uh, we're going to be cleaning up the neighborhoods, if you know what I mean, kind of getting things back to the way they were, the, uh, the, the good old days, and like looks over at the, the, um, the black lady and, and, and sort of like gives her like this awkward smile, like, oh, I didn't think that you were going to be here, sort of thing. Like, oh, it was just so good. And so he's like, oh, I'll take any question, like questions that you have. And so she actually raises her hand. He's like, yes, yeah, hi, uh, what's your name? And she's like, oh, my name is Indeedy. He goes, oh, Indeedy, uh, yes, and, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, uh, I'd love to answer your question. Yes, Indeedy. And like the whole time he's like just trying to, uh, like make fun of her name, but can't think of a good joke. Like it's just, uh, it's just that weird brand of, of cringy comedy. So if that's up your alley, check out that movie. I would, I would pay, I'd pay six bucks to watch it again. But, uh, yeah, so that's where we'll wrap things up here on comics and cinema. Those are my reviews for the movies that I saw this week, along with a couple bits of information in regards to the Joker and star Wars and those live reactions of Dr. Doodle and the Jungle Cruise. Please, guys, let me know if you liked the way that I did those uh, trailers because I know, obviously, it's it's a little easier to do that sort of thing on YouTube when you can watch the trailer with me, but uh, I'll be interested to see if you're like listening to this in your car or while you're walking or at church or wherever you're listening to this, and... Um, if it, if it has that same feel where, you know, you because you can't see what I'm watching, but I'm sort of commenting on it. And if so, I'll make some changes. I'll just watch the trailer another time and talk about it. But uh, I wanted to test that out as um, testing and innovation are all about what I'm trying to do on this podcast. So, guys, for Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you at the movies.